Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, good morning. And once again, happy Mother's Day to all you moms. You know, I am, I'm really, really excited about today's message. But before I go there, I'm curious, how many of you were with us last week? Would you raise your hand? Okay, excellent. Last week, Jason talked to us about the reality of hell. And I've gotten a little flack, people accusing me of purposely giving Jason the toughest message in the series, all right? Didn't happen that way. Actually, Jason wasn't originally planned for that. We switched to another part of the series. And, and besides, we talked about even maybe swapping these two messages, but it, it's hard to get up here and say, happy Mother's Day, Mom, let's talk about hell, right? So it just didn't seem right, so we stuck with it. And, and by all accounts, Jason did preach one hell of a message last Sunday, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So today I do have some very, very good news for you. Today we're going to go to heaven. All right. That's good news. Yeah, that, that's, that's worth applauding too. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's, okay. Good. <clears throat> we are in this series, One Minute After You Die. And we're, we're talking about this. What happens when you breathe your last breath? What happens when your heart beats for the last time and you leave this earth and you go on? And we've talked so far about the judgments. We've talked about the rewards. We've talked about the pain of potentially being separated from God for all eternity in this place the Bible calls hell. And today we're going to talk about heaven. Now, I've had some people mention to me, you know, why are we doing this series? Like, why talk about death? I mean, I just want to live today. I don't want to think about death. I just want to be happy in the here and now. But it's important that we think about and talk about eternity because of this. Our key thought for this series is what you believe about eternity determines how you live today. Let me say that again. What you believe about eternity determines how you live today. In other words, if you believe that you're just an accident, there is no God, there is no eternity, no purpose for being here, that when you die, your body goes in the ground, there's nothing after that, then why not just live for today? Why not live however you like, right? There's no truth, right? No standards, whatever. Just do whatever you want. On the other hand, if you believe that you're created by God for his glory and that you will live forever and ever somewhere and that'll impact the eternity, what you believe today and what you do today, all of a sudden that's gonna dramatically change how you live this very day. And so we're gonna talk about heaven. And as I thought about talking about heaven, I came to the realization that no matter how hard I try, I'll never really be able to do this message justice, right? I'll never really be able to succeed in this. I can't do heaven justice, right? It's too complex. It's too much. There's too much we don't know. And so if after the message today, you want to say, you know, Brian, that wasn't a very good message. You really didn't hit the mark. I'll say, I agree with you. I did the best I could, but you know what? (laughs) It's impossible for me to adequately describe all the glories of heaven. In fact, the apostle Paul kind of proved my point when he said this in 1 Corinthians 2.9. He said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So I can't do it justice. And I just want to let today, for the most part, God's word do a lot of the speaking. I'm going to read you some verses from the Bible about heaven. And we're going to start with the words of Jesus in John 14. And maybe you feel a little bit heavy today. Maybe you're under the weight and concerns of this world. Maybe you're worried, you're anxious, you're uptight. 
If so, I pray that these words of Jesus will give you faith and hope today. This is what Jesus said. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Now at this point, Thomas, who could never quite get it all figured out, he piped up and Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in reference to heaven, Jesus said, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, the same apostle John who recorded those words of Jesus, later on in his life, he was exiled to the island of Patmos, and he was given a vision, a revelation by the Spirit of God. And in this vision, this revelation by the Spirit of God, it was revealed to him some things about the future, some things that were yet to come. And these are John's words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new, everything new. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. Now that's pretty awesome sounding, wouldn't you say? <laughs> so why don't you turn to somebody next to you, high five them and say, that's awesome, I'm gonna see you in heaven, okay? Just go ahead. All right, <laughs> could have used a little more enthusiasm there, but we'll, we'll get there, okay, I'm getting there. I told you I wrestled with this whole subject and how to approach this because I know I can't do it justice. And so here's part of my strategy today. I decided, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't quite get heaven. They got a lot of misconceptions about what heaven's like. And so I decided, well, why don't we start, rather than talking about what heaven is like, talk about a little bit what heaven is not like. Because a lot of people, they, they start thinking about heaven, like, well, we're going to go up there and they're going to be these fat, naked baby angels with harps, right? Just singing to you your whole life up there. Whatever. People have these misconceptions about heaven. So I want to start with three misconceptions about heaven. And then hopefully some of the truth of what heaven is like will emerge from this, okay? And then it'll change how you live today. First of all, I think many of us would agree that one of the common misconceptions about heaven is that heaven will be boring, right? Heaven's gonna be boring. Why do so many people kind of have this vision or this thought that heaven might be boring? Well, one reason is the fact that the devil is a liar. I mean, lying is his native language. He's the father of lies. And Satan, the devil, he's also the same creature, Lucifer, who was created as an archangel, one of three archangels we know about that God created. There was Michael, there was Gabriel, and there was Lucifer. And Lucifer, he was the chief worship angel. He was beautiful, a glorious creature in heaven. The problem is he became jealous of God. And essentially he said, I will be like God. Well, that wasn't gonna fly with God. So God cast Satan out of heaven. The Bible says a third of the angels followed him. Those would be the demonic forces today. 
And so what does Satan, Lucifer, the prince of darkness do today? He lies to us. He tries to deceive us. The Bible says he has come to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. So if I were the devil, one of the things I'd try to do is to convince the world today that hell doesn't really exist. He's done a pretty good job of that. Most people, statistically speaking, don't believe in hell. They don't believe in the reality of hell. Or if there is a hell, they're not really concerned about it. And then if I were the devil, I'd also try to convince you that heaven is boring, right? You might as well live for today. Heaven's boring. Why would you want to go there? That's basically the message I got growing up, mainly from the mainstream media. You know, I wasn't a Christian, but I kind of assumed that if there is a heaven out there, that one day when you die and you go up there, first of all, you're going to stand in a long line of people, right? Sitting on clouds, just waiting to get there, right? Standing, walking, pearly gates this way, And then eventually you get, you get there and St. Peter's gonna look down a little book. And if you're in, okay, he's gonna check a box and give you a robe to wear. Never been a big robe person, but I figured, okay, that's what everyone does up here. Let's put the robe on. And, and then Peter's gonna hand me a harp. Hey, really? I'm a bass player. Of all the cool instruments I can play, I get a harp. Yeah, that's mandatory, all right? And so I'm gonna have this silly harp that I'm playing for jillions of years, sitting on my cloud with a robe on. That's heaven. And why do so many people think heaven's gonna be boring? I think it's because a lot of people think God is boring. God's kind of this killjoy, right? God wants to just rob you of everything that's fun in life. Well, I hope you'll understand, this is one of the biggest lies the enemy has ever spun. Heaven is gonna be the opposite of boredom, people. Heaven is the absence of everything bad, evil, painful, boring. Heaven is the presence of everything good. Heaven is the presence of God. I mean, just go logic with me here. Everything that you even enjoy here on this earth, everything that's kind of fun for you and enjoyable, God was the creator of all this stuff, right? You think about your favorite restaurant, your favorite food, you know, the one you think about, dream about days, weeks, months in advance. Man, that's gonna be nothing compared to heaven. I mean, why do you even enjoy that food? You enjoy it with the taste buds that God invented, God created. All that's gonna be a part of heaven. You think about the most beautiful place you've ever seen here on earth, the glories of creation. I mean, why do you even enjoy beauty? You enjoy it with the eyes God gave you to see, to delight in those things. When you feel joy, when you laugh, when, when you feel love, those are all emotions given to you by a good God who loves to give good gifts to his children. Multiply those emotions, those feelings, those experiences times a thousand, times a million, and you have heaven. See, when you go to heaven, Okay, you're gonna enjoy all the stuff like we enjoy here on earth, but it's gonna be even better because there's no sin, no pain, no sorrow, no death. It's the absence of everything evil. It's the presence of everything good. Heaven will be the opposite of boredom. So what I wanna do now is to show you from scripture a few things about what we do know when it comes to heaven, what heaven's gonna be like. And I put the Bible references on your outline. So you're gonna have to go back later and look up all these Bible verses. It'd be a great exercise. But for the sake of time, I'm just gonna give you some of the high points, okay? What's gonna happen in heaven? What will heaven be like? Well, first of all, you and I, we will know one another, love and be loved. That's big. We're gonna know one another, we're gonna love and we're gonna be loved. In other words, in heaven, you're gonna recognize everyone. Now, what does that mean? That means you can walk up to Peter and go, bro, what was it like to walk on water, right? You can walk up to David and go, hey, when you hit Goliath, was it like skill? Was it luck? Was it all God? Was it a little bit of you? You know, what was that like? Ladies, if you had a difficult childbirth, you can walk straight up to Eve, right? And just kind of look at her, right? <laughs> Woman, what were you thinking, right? 
Was it worth it? Because, you know, I mean, you're going to be able to hang with and talk to whoever you want. You're going to know and be known, love and be loved. For those of you who've lost Christian loved ones, maybe you've lost a child. I know that pain. Maybe you've lost a spouse, maybe a friend, maybe a relative in heaven. You're going to be reunited with those people you love. And yet there's going to be no heartache, no pain, no rejection, not in heaven, only perfect love. Wow. Heaven will also be a place of unimaginable beauty. Okay, think about this. If no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even conceived what God's prepared for us, that would imply that there are going to be new colors, new sensations, new beauty as God establishes this new heavens and earth. I mean, just think about for a second the most beautiful place you've ever seen in this world. Or imagine if you could travel around for 10 years and see all the glories of creation. And then imagine that without sin, without it being marred. Like you can go to this big old petting zoo and all the animals are tame, the lion's laying down with the lamb there. Think about the most beautiful place you've ever seen on planet earth. It'll be boring by comparison. Now for Wendy and I, it might be walking along the ocean side in Cabo, Mexico, breathtaking beauty snorkeling with the sea turtles, the brilliant colored fish in Hawaii. I think about the magnificent landscapes in Israel, the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, and all of that will pale in comparison. Wow. Heaven is going to be a place of unimaginable beauty. What else will heaven be like? Well, in heaven, you will see Jesus face to face. You're going to see Jesus face to face. And the reason everybody here didn't just cheer or your jaw didn't drop to the ground is because you don't have a clue what that moment is going to be like. You know, all throughout Scripture, we're told that nobody, nobody could stand in the presence of God and live. Moses once said to God, hey, God, I want to see your glory. <laughs> and I can imagine God going, uh-uh, no, you don't, right? You can't handle the glories, what he'd say. Jack Nicholson-like, right? You can't handle my glory. I tell you what I'll do. I'll pass by you, and at the very end, you'll get to see the tail end of my glory. I'm gonna go like this. I'm gonna shield you so it doesn't just make you drop dead. You can't handle the glory, right? You may know this. Every year in the Old Testament, the high priest would go into a portion of the temple known as the Holy of Holies. It was considered to be the very dwelling place of God. The very presence of God was in there in a rich, thick, special way. And before he would go in there, you know what they would do? They would tie a rope to his leg. Why? Because if he got a little too close to the presence of God, they were afraid it might kill him. And then they'd have to drag that old boy out of there because I ain't going in there. Uh-uh. Not that close to the presence of God. All throughout the Bible, you could not be in the presence of God and live. And yet one day, you're going to be face to face with Jesus. You're going to see Jesus eye to eye. And in that moment, I think we'll realize we've never truly lived, not until we've seen the glory of the Son of God. You will see Jesus face to face. Wow. You know, in heaven, you will have new and perfect bodies. Okay, somebody should say amen to that, right? Yeah, in Sun City, they were going nuts, all right? But, I mean, you think about Grandpa, right? He got sick, his mind started to fade. You see Grandpa, he's going to be well, he's going to be whole, perfect in every way. Your receding hairline, boom, gone. You got your hair back, congratulations, right? You got migraines, whatever it is you battle with, you will be perfect in every way. You know, for me personally, I can't wait to see things in all their full dimensions. 
When I was a young child, before I got into glasses, I got into glasses at age two, but before then, doctors tell me I lost most of my three-dimensional vision. Okay, it's a function of your brain and your eyes. Can't ever be regained, okay? And, and so I don't know what that means exactly. It's not like you guys look like a flat portrait, but from the tests I've taken, they say, yeah, you don't see things in normal dimensions. Please, Brian, don't be a pilot. You will crash the plane, all right? Don't be an engineer. Don't do anything with spatial relations. People who know me know I shouldn't be doing mechanical stuff, right? And every time I share that with people, like I'm traveling with them, they'll always say, hey, Brian, let me have those keys. I think I'll drive, okay? It's all right. I've learned how to compensate for things like driving, but I don't see things the way you guys do. But one day I will. I'll see that and even more. Our bodies are gonna be new. They're gonna be perfect in every way. One more point, heaven is the absence of everything bad, painful, and evil, and it's the presence of everything good, holy, and glorious. And from my study of heaven, we're actually gonna have the privilege of working for Jesus in a way that we will love, in a way we'll enjoy. It won't be a curse anymore. It's gonna be a blessing as God originally intended. So whatever it is that charges you up, whatever it is you're posting about all the time on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you might have the privilege of doing that as a job, working for Jesus for eternity. I don't know what you love. If you love gardening, you're going to grow these tomatoes that'll look like this, like on steroids or something, all right? If you like singing, there's going to be singing, okay? If you love dogs, you love miniature horses, whatever it is, they'll be there. Jesus has his own horse, okay? You know, God, God's going to have you use your gifts, your passions, what you love to serve him, but we're going to do it all without sin. You know what that means? That means it's going to be fun. It's going to be productive. You're going to feel awesome in that moment. And throughout all eternity, there's going to be this enormous feeling of joy that you have, whatever it is that you do. It's going to be like when your favorite sports team wins and you go crazy, right? You're going to have that feeling for all of eternity. For me, the Minnesota Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl every year in heaven, okay? Yes! I'm assuming in hell it'll be the Patriots. Um, I'm not, not, not exactly sure. There's a rationale behind this, right? They say that this world right now is the closest to hell that Christians will ever get. So that's just my logic in that. I'm just kidding, you Patriots fans. Sort of, but. <clears throat> All right, let's flip the table a little bit. What, what will you not find in heaven? Let's turn this around. Well, in heaven, there will be no sin, no pain, no sorrow, no death. Let's drill a little deeper with that. In heaven, there's no sickness. Mm, no fear, no stress, no depression, no restless nights, no anxiety, no abuse, no heartache. I mean, in heaven, no divorce, no racism, no injustice, no violence, no more going to the bathroom at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, right? <laughs> Sun City got really fired up about that one. I heard a lot of amens there. <laughs> Ladies, no more that time of the month, okay? Yeah. No more bad breath, okay, whatever, you know. It's the absence of everything bad, evil, yucky, whatever. It's the presence of everything good. That's heaven. Boring, <clears throat> not a chance. Beyond comprehension. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even conceived how awesome it'll be. Okay, the second misconception about heaven is this. So many people wrongly believe that this world is your home that it's all about what matters right now, right here, get the most out of this life. You know, Paul was talking to Philippian believers about people who don't know Christ. And he said this, their mind is set on earthly things. 
you know, what matters now, where I live, what I have, how I look, how I dress, where I go, my bank account, your opinion of me. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I wanna illustrate it like this for you today. And I've seen this done for many, many years. A lot of different speakers have used this illustration. I'm gonna put a little slant on it. It's a good illustration. I want you to imagine here that this rope is a timeline, okay? And it represents all of time. So over here, we've got eternity past, going back as far as you can imagine. And then beyond that, God is infinite. God has always been, God always is. So as far as you can see, and then beyond, 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 it just keeps going back, eternity past. And then over here, what we have is eternity future. And again, that continues to go on and on and on. One day you're gonna die, all right? You're gonna leave this earth, but eternity is gonna go on and on and on and you will live somewhere forever and ever and ever. So now the question is, where, where are you? Well, let's just say that this red portion here, it represents the entire history of mankind. Okay, right here in this little snippet. And so God creates Adam, right? And then he says, you know, Adam, it's not good for you to be on your own. You got a problem here. And, and so God creates Eve. Adam sees Eve and goes, whoa, man, whoa, man. So there's woman, okay? That's where she came in. And then I don't have much time here. So we'll look. All right, fast forward. We got Jesus somewhere, right? Fast forward again. You got the Renaissance. Uh, you know, Gutenberg invents the printing press, makes the Bible available to everybody, right? And then fast forward again. You got the Reformation, Industrial Revolution. Fast forward to our modern era, and you got World War I, you know, the Great Depression, World War II, uh, the 57 Chevy, uh, 69 Mustang convertible. <laughs> Almost forgot, 1965, that's when I was born. That's a key time, okay? <laughs> and then just fast forward to right, right here. Okay, this is you right now. So the history of mankind. Okay, eternity past, eternity future, and, and you right here. Right here in this little bitty speck. That's why the Bible says you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You're just here for a tiny moment and then you're gone. Now here's the problem, <laughs> What matters is this, right? It's going to go on and on and on and on and on forever and ever and ever. That's what matters. But what most people are living for is right here. And I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I get so uptight about right here, right? I'm running late. Oh, something broke. Somebody made fun of me. And so here's what I'm trying to do today. Okay, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm working on. I'm trying to adopt a little phrase the apostle Paul used. In the Greek, it goes like this. It's tis gar plen. So we're going to all become Greek scholars this morning. I'm going to teach you Greek. I want you to say this with me. It's up there. Tis gar plen. Good. One more time. Tis gar plen. So you can walk around saying this. What it means is, what does it matter? What does it matter? See, Paul saw all this. And, and when it came to the little things that happened here, that we would probably consider to be big things, Paul's like, tis gar plen. Tis gar plen. What does it matter? The Philippians, they're getting all stirred up because people are preaching Christ out of bad motives. And Paul's like, hey, Christ is being preached. What does it matter? He refused to get all worked up about this. Tiscar plan. What does it matter? So here's what I'm trying to do again and again and again. When I find myself getting all worked up, all uptight, I think, you know what? Is this, this going to matter 100 years from now? Because if it doesn't matter 100 years from now, it's certainly not going to matter in eternity. And so 
when I get all uptight about this, I want to start thinking about, well, if it doesn't matter out here, then why am I so upset right here? Tisk our plan. What does it matter? Now we need to ask this question. What does matter right here? Right? What does count? What matters? I'll tell you a few things. I could go on and on and on with this. What matters right now for all eternity is going to make a difference is how I love. Right? The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors, yourself. What matters is how I love in this moment. It's gonna make a difference all the way out there. What matters is what I give. What matters is who I serve. What matters is who I share Christ with. That's what's gonna matter out there. You know, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 4.18, for the things that we see now right here will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. This world is not our home. So let's live today for what matters for all eternity. Okay, one more. The third misconception about heaven is this. So many people wrongly believe, well, most people are going to heaven anyway. It doesn't matter who they are, what they do, what they believe. Most people are going to heaven anyway. Good people go to heaven, right? And I'm, I'm a good person. I've never killed anybody. Or if I did, they probably deserved it, right? Uh, I'm not a drug dealer. I haven't abused anybody. I'm not a bad person. And heaven is the default destination, right? No. Jesus actually said, broad is the road. Wide is the path that leads to destruction. And many people are on it. You know, the truth is, good people don't go to heaven when they die. I want to let that settle in. Good people don't go to heaven when they die. Who goes to heaven when they die? Forgiven people go to heaven when they die forgiven people. Here's what the Bible says, Romans 3, 23, for everyone has sinned. How many people have sinned? Say it aloud. Everyone has sinned. Does that mean me? Yes, your sinning pastor, right? Does that mean you? Yes. If you've ever lied before, would you raise your hand just real quick? Put it up. Okay, good. If you didn't raise your hand, you just lied. So now we're all on the same page. <laughs> How to prove the Bible right in two easy steps. Okay. <laughs> For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely, that's a key word, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God. Hear this, this is huge. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. You know, I had two primary goals going into this series. Goal number one was to relieve fear for Christians. Relieve fear. That if you were in Christ, if you put your faith in Jesus, your sins have been wiped away, forgiven. You've been given the gift of eternal life. You don't have to be afraid of dying. You were made right with God by the grace of Jesus. Goal number two was to increase a sense of urgency in your life to recognize that what you do here matters here for all eternity. So relieve fear and increase urgency. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, my prayer for you today and this week and this month is that somewhere along the line, you will wrestle with this. You will let the Holy Spirit convict you of the fact that this world is not your home. Your citizenship is out there in heaven. And say, God, Help me to see that all the things that I'm focused on, I'm getting so obsessed with right here, right now, that's so important to me, they're not gonna last. Help me to live for that.
for what will last. Now, as I close, I recognize that some of you may be under the weight, the fear of what would happen if you were to die today. I remember a time in my life when I lived with that fear. And I walked around going, man, what if I haven't been good enough, right? I know all my secret sin in here. What if, what if I haven't been a good person? What if I've been a bad person? And, and so there was a time when I went to church over and over again. I tried to be good enough, but I would fail. I would mess up again and again and again. And what I didn't realize was the whole time the Bible has said to me, Brian, you can't be good enough. That the word gospel, it means good news. It's the good news that Jesus was good enough for me. He was perfect. He was righteous. He died in my place. And now Jesus invites anyone and everyone to receive his free gift of forgiveness and eternal life through faith alone. That includes you. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, how bad your life has been, how much darkness is in your past. Anyone who puts their faith in Jesus will be saved. And hear me on this. It has absolutely nothing to do with what you do or don't do. It has everything to do with what you believe. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it's only by faith. John 3, 16, it's the simplest expression of the gospel ever written. It's very clear, very concise, very straightforward. Here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Are you ready to let go of that weight of condemnation? Just be forgiven. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, he's waiting. He's waiting for you right now. Let's pray. God, I pray that even now, I know your Holy Spirit is present in this room. And maybe there's some people here who came today and they weren't quite sure where they would be on that rope, on that timeline of eternity future. I pray that they would recognize that the only thing, the only thing that makes a difference with regards to our eternal destination is where we put our faith, whether we're trusting in ourselves or trusting in you, Jesus. If that describes you, I pray that this morning, once and for all, you would say, Jesus, I need you. I believe that I can't live up to God's perfect standards, but I believe you did it for me. You're the perfect son of God. You died on the cross for my sins. And when you say that you will forgive me and give me eternal life, I believe it. And I'm putting all my faith in you right now. And God, for the, for the rest of us here, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in us to recognize the awesomeness of heaven, to dispel this lie of, Heaven is being some boring, bland place. It's going to be beyond comprehension. No eyes seen, no ears heard. We can't even begin to conceive how amazing it'll be. And if we could just let our minds dwell on that truth, it would change our focus. God, would you convict us and, and remind us every moment of every day, this earth is not our home. This is not where we are citizens. And help us to live that way. To not get so worked up. To be able to say, tisk our plan, what does it matter? In the eternal light of things, what does it matter? And then help us to start loving and giving and serving and sharing and doing things that will matter for all eternity. And would you also remind us, Lord, that 
we have maybe family members, friends, neighbors, coworkers, and they're headed somewhere eternally. And we have the message of life, the good news that there's a God who loves them, a God who has died for them, a God who freely offers them forgiveness and eternal life. Help us to be bearers of that good news to those around us. So God, I thank you for this series. I thank you for the opportunity to think about eternity so that we're not so wrapped up in the here and now that we forget that what really matters, what's going to last forever and ever and ever is eternity future. It's in Jesus' name we pray.